This episode is brought to you by freedadcourse.com. You are always one conversation away from changing your life, and the power of hello is something that I subscribe to every single day, and I'm always saying hello to new people everywhere I go. Increasing your opportunity, increasing your connection, and getting access to the solutions to the problems that you are facing, whether you're on active duty or just beginning your veteran transition or even transitioning out for 20 years. On the other side of hello are the solutions that you're looking for. Again, head on over to freedadcourse.com. Get your five-episode audio course to create more connection, create more friendships, and get back to living the life that you're trying to design. Dory 1, this is Fire Team Delta. Dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I'm a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Welcome back to episode 55. This is your first time listening. Welcome. And this is the podcast where we dive into the trenches of what's in your way to prevent you from being the dad you want to be tomorrow today. And we dive in with everyday dads, we dive in with authors, we dive into all the things that you aren't talking about that you need to. If you have a long-time listener, I want to thank you because I know you have choices and I know there's a lot of podcast options out there. So if you are listening, I want to thank you because your listening to this episode means the world to me. Today's topic is marriage. Marriage is something that we haven't really dived into a lot. We often talk about it with, with guests, but we haven't actually dove into it. And today is that start. Quick statistics that 50% of kids today will see a breakup or a, see a divorce in their lifetime. Another one that really got me was 40% of kids a day are growing up in a fatherless home that we need to be there as dads to raise good kids. And we need to play a role in our kids' lives to make them good adults. It's not just a one-sided thing that we can deal off with to the mom. And today we're diving into that. Because let's face it, when the marriage is working, everything else seems to be easier. And when the marriage is not working, everything else seems to be harder. So today we're going to talk with Daniel Faust, who is going to talk about how to take your marriage and be, get essentially what he calls a PhD in your wife. Daniel Foss is a certified disc trainer, a behavioral consultant, an educational manager. He has served 17 years in the United States Air Force, active duty and reserves. His diverse experience working with military, government, foreign and nationals, and corporations has equipped him to serve in marriages, families, leadership, and communication. His heart is for the community at large to thrive in their relationship. Daniel serves as a relationship consultant via writing books, blogs, conducting live videos on his Facebook. If you want to friend him on Facebook, he drops a lot of value there. Seminars, workshops, consultations at Learn and Live. Daniel is married with his wife, Michelle, with four kids currently stationed at Dover Air Force Base. And just one more reminder before we get started that on Friday, we're dropping short five to 15 minute episodes now of me just on the mic, giving value and giving things that are on my mind and my heart to help you, the dad, come home. So without further ado, here's Daniel Foss, and I'll talk to you on Friday. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thanks. Thanks for letting me join. I am excited for this because we are going to deep dive into a topic that we haven't talked about in the pack. We talked about it, but we've always stayed in the surface, and that is marriage. And Ooh. you are the marriage guy when it comes to military families. You wrote in a book, actually, I just, my, the book title just escaped my, what's the name of your book? Leave No Marriage Behind. Leave No Marriage Left Behind. And nope. Leave No Marriage Behind. Leave No Marriage Behind. That's the, man, I feel like I missed a, uh, a moment there. It's okay. <laughs> so Daniel, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your coming home story back to your marriage, because I've, I've heard the story and it's, it's really powerful. And you came from the edge of losing everything to the point where you're a thriving marriage, you have a thriving family, and you uh, have a lot of wisdom to share backwards, which is why you are helping other dads come home as well. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, I always expedite everything. So my coming home story really hits you really hard. So Active duty, 2000 to 2012. I started dating in 2006 of June. And in six months, I was married, like gone from dating to married. Like I met her June 18th of 2006, dated her, but didn't date her. I was living a lie. Like, yeah, I bought her a cell phone, but we're not dating. I'm like, total BS. I was dating her. 
August 18th, I officially started dating her. By October 22nd, I proposed. We got married December 18th because when you have proximity and closeness, we tend to do the cohabitation thing. And I kind of walked into cohabitation, but God convicted me. I was about to have full blown out intimacy sex. And the Lord's like, hey, you will surely die if you follow this. I'm naked. I'm curling in fear. God's talking to me audibly. And he's like, get it right, man. You need to do things right. 18 hours later, get married. It changes your life drastically. Your audience might agree or not agree. But for me personally, if I'm doing what God's telling me to do, things are better. If I'm doing it on my own, things kind of suck. And when you have him audibly speaking, saying, hey, you're going to go walk into death. I'm like, I want to be dying at 105. I don't want to be dying at 25 because I was 25 at the time when I got this word. So did everything right whenever we got married. But what happened was is that the mask pops off more for my wife than for me. And I think ladies do this more than men. Some guys do. They go over and I'm talking about that paper mache mask that we act perfect and we do everything right. But once we have enough proximity and we're sharing toothbrushes, sharing cups, sharing anything and those types of things, that's when the mask pops off. So my wife was a specific style. I thought she was more action girl and she was not action girl. She was more blueprint girl. And we'll talk about that later, but I at least want to give your audience a visual so we talk about it later. And I was more of the nurturing guy. And we just started going. And so December 1806, go over and get married. By April of 07, we're deployed, getting out the door. And I'm wrestling about it with a divorce. My wife's already pregnant because basically I touch her. She gets pregnant. It's like Wilma Flintstone. It just happens. So she's four months pregnant. I'm about to deploy. I get my job changed. We just moved into... No, we were moving into base housing a couple months later because you have to be pregnant to then go move, at least at that base. So she got the eight months pregnant. They finally let her move in. And I'm deployed like in May and set and ready to go. And I'm wrestling with divorce because she just ripped off the mask. She felt the safety. She felt the security. This is out of a lot of introspection of years. I didn't realize that at the time. But I'm there and I'm mentally struggling. I try to keep my head, eyes, and straightforward on God and marriage, but I'm wrestling and blinder comes off occasionally. Blinder comes off occasionally. And I'm struggling. And I was wrestling with divorce, biggest schmuck in the world, about to have a kid and go over and say like, here's some divorce papers. Really? I mean, and I'm wrestling with this daily. I'm working with a chaplain. I'm working with somebody else. And I start going over and reading this book my wife sent me. Because my wife went over and personality perspective me. She went over and grabbed all those profiles, you know, and she's like, I know who you are because I went through this awesome course. And I'm like, oh, oh, thanks. But it wasn't until she sent me the book with my hard drive, some shoes, chocolates. Don't send chocolates to your deployed men or women. They will melt. Don't send them. Don't send them. Don't send them. We don't. And most of the time, if you send us the default care package, it's not showing love business, company, or spouse. Got to contextualize. So I get the book and it's called Positive Personality Profiles. And this was the first time that I understood myself because me and relationships were hit or miss. I'd go over and connect with somebody and be like, it meshes. And the other one, it's like, and I'm like, what the hell? And then that made it worse because I did that too. And so I, I was even supervising people and I would go over and deliver it my way and they wouldn't listen. Someone else would deliver the same information a different way. And they'd be like, oh, they did exactly what I told them. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, I hate people. I hate people. <laughs> so I'm like hating my marriage too, because I'm going over and I'm speaking a different code. I'm speaking to her in a sense of action and she's looking for a blueprint. And I'm like, I'm clashing. So I read this book and I'm like, wow, mind blow. You're fi- I'm finally understanding how God's wired me and how he's wired my wife. And it's like, I'm supposed to love my wife as Christ loves the church. So you're not a Christian. It's learning how to just love your wife on the way she is. Because we're not trying to transform people. We're trying to love on them where they're at. And I was trying to transform, especially when we get early married, we're like, we'll fix them. Yeah. We'll go over and do these certain things, say these certain things, do that. And us as military men and women, we try to conform our spouse to our world when we need to both bring a new world together and we don't tend to do that. And I was trying to do that. So I was losing her. She was losing me. 
And I read this book and it just mind blown me because I was also was working through my brother's death at the same time. So I have past brokenness I'm working through with current brokenness all at the same time with 12 hour days. And this just book just rocked me, totally rocked me. Positive Personality Profiles by Dr. Robert Roman. People are listening and wanting to get the book. So that book just totally rocked me. And it was the first time just truly looking at myself. And I'm like, why did I go through all these failures? Why did I process these things this way? Why is my marriage sucking right now? How can my marriage change from today to tomorrow? All in that book. And it was just a mind blow for me. And once I went over and realized that, I'm like, I was asking the Lord, I'm like, why'd you even keep me here? Because my brother was better than me. My sister was better than me and everybody else. And he told me, he said, the reason why I kept you here is because I want you to teach the world better relationships. And I'm like the matrix type dude. When I get those type of messages, all like a download, the past and the present merges and I get that epiphany moment. And I'm like, I said, that's the reason why I'm here. I'm like, I can help people with their marriages and their family and leadership and other life problems because now I understand it from the deep perspective because I kept trying to rewrite the script, trying to figure it out and everything else. And I had to go through many different walls to get through. And because it was so difficult initially with my wife, if I can love my wife well, my kids are going to be easier. And then the people at work are going to be a breeze because I get to leave them at the end of the day. I'm not sticking with them because you'll PCS, you'll change and everything else. But those people, your spouse and your kids are going to be with you. So that totally transformed my life. And from there, it took a while longer like to actually resonate it fully. So I got the initial download like there. And we went through three more kids, three more deployments, a couple more moves and everything else. And it took until about year seven to really sink that in. So don't think I just became a magical wonder on that deployment, being like godly man slash marriage man. I, it wasn't that great. It was starting to see the bits and the pieces. So I had information, but I didn't have transformation. So it was a mind blow informationally wise. It took six more years of transformation. And it actually was my wife spiritually kicking me in the nuts because I was a toxic dude. I kept shooting out action to her. Things wouldn't work my way. I would go that way. I just slapped this card in her face. And she's like, give me a system love me for who I am. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. This is my weak card. And, and my knowledge card is to the floor, toss that out to the thing. And it was just, that's what we do. We just, we, we, we toss our cards onto the table and we expect everybody else to adapt. And I did that for a long time. And I just verbally spewed and I expressed my feelings right off the cuff. And I'm destroying this person because this person's like, you say this, this is word, this is bond. And I'm like, I, I had to get another reset. So I had the initial reset in 2007. The actual full reboot kicked in in 2013. So I was like Windows 3.1. I was <laughs> operational, but I wasn't, I, I wasn't totally compliant. I didn't get that reboot to Windows Vista. And that's kind of a questionable OS too. I would but, say that Vista would be like, yeah, we're kind of operating, but we haven't blown up. And then seven, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, definitely don't touch Windows ME. That one sucked. <laughs> yes, that one you avoid. Yeah. So I, I, I got so many revisions and reboots during that time, but that was the ultimate overhaul. Like now all this information, I've been studying my wife for a long time and it was 2013. And again, I'm like almost about to come homeless, struggling with a job, this, all these types of things. And it was like, I need to go over and reboot my marriage to have this transformation process truly happen. Because now in 2007, I had active duty. It patches wounds fiscally to keep the spackle on the marriage. But then once you have financial issues, you have relationship issues, you have emotional issues, you might have some mental health issues, like either one or both of you. And then you have other issues that came up, even like suicide stuff came up in that, in that type of realm in that time. When all that stuff comes up and you've been spackling the walls for years and you're just grabbing the information, but you're not applying it from your head to your heart. It's some ones. It's not one small action. It's more, choices that we went over and made to guys at that point when i had to start rebuilding that foundation again had all the information but i never took it and actually applied it to the foundation i had so i had to rip almost everything apart mentally emotionally spiritually socially sexually everything else to figure out how do i love my wife truly and effectively well 
I understood it from the personality thing. And we've taken those courses and we've applied them for a couple of days. We all have airmen, uh, Marines, soldiers, Navy, Navy don't have a term, do they? But anyway, seamen, uh, seamen. Yeah. That just sounds the worst, but anyway, the worst name of them all. I know. Sorry, gentlemen that are in the Navy. Hopefully we rebrand you soon. But anyway, it probably hasn't happened in 200 years. It's not going to happen next week. Yeah. Yeah. But we still love you anyway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And it's just, we need to go over and do that holistically. Cause when we deal with the mess, if I'm mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and sexually loving on you, then physical is going to happen, especially for the guys, the guys, we tend to look for physical relationship. Women look for the mental, emotional, spiritual, social. That's when the sex increases. When I served and wooed her well, and I got a doctorate degree on her and I'm still working on the doctorate degree, but I'm pursuing that sex came off the chain. Finances start working out things you go over and do, you don't go over and do anymore. And you find out more of the real grit and stuff to carry. Like it's most times it's not about the money. It's about the relationship. It's about the connection. It doesn't matter what style card it is. Everybody gets to a certain point. It's even been proven in studies that once you get past a certain threshold, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you're looking for self-actualization. You're looking for love. And how do you love on somebody? You love on them where they're at. So I had to go get a doctor degree and love my wife in the blueprint telling her when I get off work, what's the next steps and process? How do I go and bring spontaneity? It's planned spontaneity. I go love on her that way. Hey, every 18th, I'm going to do a monthly anniversary. I started doing that from year seven to current. We're at 155 months. We'll be at 156 months, which will be 13 years on the 18th of December. And we do that on a regular basis. I can bring the spontaneity into the marriage, my action card, but still give her a blueprint on the day and what it is. And now she's excited for it compared to, oh, I'm going to impromptu do a date night on a Saturday. She already has mental plans. I stress her out. I'm choosing an exit based on an even number in my head. And she's starving, pregnant, and hangry. <sighs> Wrong plan because I yeah. wanted to go impulsive. And I can still do impulsive if I go over and bring a blueprint to her. Now, if your spouse is different and you're both, like action cards, you know, more freedom and, and spontaneity, you'll thrive well. But most of the time, we go opposites attract and then opposites attack. And we go from opposites attack to go from face to face at first. And then it starts getting rough. We do the shoulder to shoulder. Okay, tasks that we need to go over and do to grind out the marriage. Then we go back to back, especially when we have kids. I'll take work, you take kids, or you do this and you do that. And as we chug along, we get further and further apart. And eventually, we're both looking at each other and we're like, year four, year seven, depends on it. The average divorce is four years. And literally, you go look at who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? And it's just that now it's just the several triggers that come over. And what's the one last trigger that's going to blow you apart? What's the one thing that's going to take the cake? And when you go over and look at it, it's like, how do I go over and serve and love you? And then I rewrite the script and I don't look at my marriage contractual and I look at it covenantial that says, Hey, I'm here for the long haul. Then that changes. So even for myself, marrying in a Christian way, I was still contractual for the first six years. I was just, but I didn't know what my contract level was. So I just emotionally felt it. So if emotionally I could handle it, that's when it went. And in year six, yeah, year seven, sorry, 2006 to 13, year seven, was both almost of our breaking points. And when she spiritually kicked me in the nuts, all that stuff came back. All the stuff that I did wrong, all the things, because I couldn't get her to do what I wanted her to do. I'm embarrassed by that, but it shows the transformation of what God has done and what we have learned on how do I go over and love her in a practical way? Because me taking authority is not right. Me going over and submitting to ultimate authority and then loving her in her mess if I love her mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, your audience is going to have to get used to this. Mess is a good thing. If you love them in their mess, then you have success. And that's what I had to go over and do. So that's when I finally came home in a sense, because then I could learn to love my kids in a practical way. Because my son is the same as my wife. It's a male edition of this blueprint. And if I don't go over and serve him in that way, I'm preventing him to thrive. And there's a really good study on this. The average father that has four kids, those kids will impact 250,000 people just by connection and relationship in 10 generations. If it's six kids, 
it will impact 10 million in 10 generations. What impact and legacy do I want to leave as a vet husband and as a vet dad in there? Because if I go over and I don't do that first with my wife and get that doctorate degree in my wife, when I get, when, if I, then I'm not thriving well. Then I get my bachelor's degree in my kids because now that I understand the most intimate relationship, then I jump into the living room and then I can jump into the boardroom and then everything else thrives usually afterwards. I, we do it backwards. We try to build the business, the boardroom, and guess what happens when you get a divorce, six to 24 months of recovery minimum. It emotionally, financially totally devastates you. So these vet dads, that military dads that are listening to you, if you don't focus in the bedroom, this is my personal take, you take it as it is, but my personal take is if you don't focus on the bedroom, you're going to lose the rest in the long run. And you won't have a boardroom. You will just have shambles of relationships. And the rest of them are going to be a lot harder. Invest there first. So coming home is coming home to the bedroom. Nothing else. You go in any other room, it's patch management. Your kids will become better as you focus on your spouse. And an outpouring will come from there, not the opposite. You can't just go divide and conquer. You have to be in all those rooms. But the intentionality and the time that you invest in those rooms are most important. It's like your job, your MOS. You got your main things you focus on. You have additional duties. If you make your additional duty your main duty, you'll never do your main duty. And when you deploy and those war center tasks comes up and you need to go fire an M16 and M4, you're in a, you're in a Humvee or you do what I do, education and training. I'm not going to know how to do my war center tasks and I'm going to die in the battlefield. I need to know that. So the same thing, focus on the bedroom. Your MOS in your marriage is to go and focus on your marriage, focus in that bedroom. So that was me in the breaking point and where I see how I can help you guys and the people that are listening to this podcast to thrive. Well, that is one heck of a coming home story and had lots of different things. I have one question for you as I want to maybe rewind back to like those early moments. Mm -hmm. Often what I find with dads and even myself, there's some realization, some fact that you're afraid to admit and it's written on the wall in big bright lettering, but we're running so far from that as fast as we can. What were you running from? What were you afraid to acknowledge about yourself that you were so afraid for someone to figure out? Um, Intimacy more than anything else. Pornography. Like whether you were lovable type? I realized myself years ago that pornography destroyed my relationships and intimacy, and I longed for intimacy and connection. So I will, the thing I was running from is in the sense of like, can I truly be vulnerable with somebody and they don't run away? And unfortunately, in this world, a lot of people do run away. But I have to find those people that I can be truly vulnerable and truly transparent with them so I can go over and thrive. Because some of the things I also gone through is I, I had a parent's divorce, I had a brother's death, and then I was sexually molested from like eight to 15. So all those things culminating, I think I ran from is I kind of overran into relationships. So I would get involved in everybody's relationships way too quickly. And I didn't trust that they were going to be there. So I tried to force it into that. To stick. So I, to stick. So forcing it into my marriage and rushing it, forcing it into my kids and rushing it, forcing it into my business and rushing it and trying to expedite. I wore combat boots, khaki pants, and a button-down shirt to churches, telling them how much their marriage ministry sucked and how much I needed them, that they needed me, not needed them, needed me. And I'm freaking them out because I'm pushing so much of my brokenness inside there. Even though it's my calling, I can't force it in there. So I have to be okay for me personally that he loves me and he gives me the best relationship. And then I get to then pour into relationships when they allow me to. And then that becomes a fruit of the relationship. The nurturing mm -hmm. card, which is my primary card, that's, I think that's, I've come to realization, this ain't clinically studied, but each of our cards is our primary. So my wife's blueprint is if she doesn't have structure, things will fail. If for myself, if I don't have relationships, things will fail. If I don't have freedom, it will fail. If I don't have knowledge and self-awareness, it will fail. I think we truly, the running away on the wall is based on our values. So whatever values are our highest priority is also our highest struggle. And when we push it into overdrive, we're actually pushing people away. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just different. But when you push 
push it into overdrive and those people are not ready for it, they freak out. So, you know, my wife will shut down. This person will push even harder. This person will go over and push the task harder and just, and, and this person will just go retrieve away and just go recluse. And it's so difficult until you actually start working on those things to understand that. So that'd be where, where my thing I ran from, but I need and I to could go, say, if I could reflect on it is also, yeah. uh, that, I don't think you ever truly felt unconditionally loved. Like you, you, your mind hadn't perceived that love is real and lasting forever. And when you entered your marriage, which is a lasting love, you had this disbelief because evidence had shown in your life that even your own parents' marriage didn't last and other different things going into your own marriage that you were, you had the disbelief that it could, it could actually be real. And and then if you, that's probably where you got into the contract, because if you didn't believe it was going to be real, you were going to try to make a contract to make it stick almost that we were going to make a deal. And this is how it was going to be. Maybe is any of that true? I would say partially, I don't think I specifically said, Oh, I'm doing these things, but we did it unconsciously. My dad and mom, my mom cheated on my dad four separate times in like 20 years. And if I go reflect correctly, he then said, this is enough and pushed out. I probably unconsciously absorbed that. And then my brother died. So then I have the mo- one of the most intimate relationships outside of my wife go. And then I'm getting sexually molested on a regular basis and mocked and ridiculed every single day. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. Like one of my closest relatives, because I won't say names just to keep brevity. And also I want people to see a transformation, but they don't need to put it, put it towards a person. They call, me a, they call me a dumb royal S every day. Stupid, everything else. I still struggle with those beliefs in my marriage and in my family. So I will naturally run it as a contract in a sense. Okay, I will conditionally do X, Y, and Z, and then I will just accept what they go over and give me. I, I have very few relationships that actually unconditionally love me. I'm starting to see that now that's happening, but I need to really truly love myself and those negative words that I, that I got told, anybody that gets these negative words, you are stupid, you're an idiot, you're a moron, you're a dumb royal F, whatever it is, it is never true about you. It never is. It's hearing the truth of who you really are. You're smart, you're intelligent, you're beautiful, you're sexy, whatever terms you're going to go over and use. That's what shapes who you are. And then that truly transforms you. So I kept running because I kept getting hurt. My soft, nurturing self, little boy, like my son is a sort of replicant of me. He's not exactly the same. But if I go over and I don't feed that stuff into him as a dad, I'm setting his foundation for the next 20 to 60 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's going to reflect on forward. So I need to do, have a great, I need to work on my foundation, rework. And then that's how I reflect that in the marriage first, because I need to work that foundation most intimately. And then I go into the living room and I work with that. I can't prevent everything. We still can believe in brokenness no matter how great dads or how great husbands or how great leaders we are. But I don't want to be a conduit of continual brokenness. We need to rewrite the script, not just go over and say, I'm going to fix that one part that's broken with me. Because I saw that intergenerationally and there was no alcoholic abuse. There was no domestic abuse in my family. The sexual molestation was, again, from a, a relative, and yet most of my other relatives didn't know. It's shame as a boy going over and saying that you're yep. getting molested on a regular basis and you didn't know how to process that. And the long story short I see from this is that we truly, as men in our marriages, we need just to work and thrive from there. <laughs> I'm getting a little distracted. Um, I guess the way I tie the point together is, is that I need to work on myself so I can thrive and understand myself and then my wife and my kids so we can go overall thrive together, no matter what the brokenness is, because that's what's going to keep a marriage together. That's what's going to keep a family together. That's what's going to keep the leadership together. And we need to continue to go over and do that. And we can't do it alone. This bootstrap pulling that we get convinced in the military, total BS. We just did resiliency tactical downtime. We've had 78 airmen kill themselves by November of 2019. Like in all the Air Force? 
all the Air Force so far. So 70, it's 28 more than what it was last year. And they're ex- anticipating if things don't change, it's going to be 100 plus. That's the single most thing that's going over and destroying us. But the things that are destroying us first is if we're not working through our junk, our marriage, and our family, because all those things will culminate. And what's the one thing that's going to make you blow? So let's start early. Let's start being proactive. Let's start being consistent. And I need to do that for myself so that I can outpour into those people. Because if I don't do that, I can't serve well. I can't be that military marriage guy that now I'm starting to get branded by if I'm not continually getting my doctorate degree with my spouse. I'm not continually working through my stuff. I'm not continually going being okay and being vulnerable like on these podcasts and podcasts. So guys have the freedom and girls have the freedom to change and morph and go from there. So it's just a continual process. Let's talk about a very particular type of dad. If there's a dad out there listening, this is going to be right narrowing in on you with the laser beam. What about the dad that's running from home, that hides at work, that avoids coming home because of either confrontation with the marriage? Maybe he's not wanting to admit something itself. Maybe he feels comfortable and strength at work, but he has that inner firewall on and that he will overwork many kids. In military, you have a really good excuse to work because you're doing a noble sacrifice, but oftentimes you're overworking and over-sacrificing more than you have to. What's the most simplest step that person can take to kind of make some holes in that firewall and let a little bit in? I think the first thing is, is that it's that man in itself, he usually can't do it on his own. Jahari window says we only see 50% of who we are and the other 50% is what other people see. So the first things first is that he has to let somebody be vulnerable to, in his life to share back and forth. And sometimes it's us maybe seeing it like me. If I see a guy that's going over and struggling or someone's at work late, I'm like, Hey, burning the midnight oil. You're trying to win the award. <laughs> go make a joke and whatever. And, you know, maybe encourage them and say, it's like, yeah, I used to do that all the time working until like eight, nine, ten o'clock. I just come to find out didn't carry anything in the long run. And I started just challenging those people and just those little things. So we as soldiers need to be out there that the dads that already been broken the firewall, we need to be the ones that help them break the firewall because it's such a big firewall. It wraps around them, like almost like a virtual wall. Leave your husband behind. Yeah. Yeah. Another book probably. Yeah. It'll be a series, but I don't know if that one rings right. Is it like chicken soup for the soul? (laughs) It could be. It's going to be eight (laughs) book series. So yeah. Yeah. So maybe one day by the eighth book, then I'll start going viral. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That book, the the guy chicken soup for the soul actually lives in Scottsdale, lives in the town I live in right now. So let's break it down even slightly further. If you could leave that dad a piece of advice on a, a sticky note size piece of paper and leave it at his desk while he walked away to come back and find what's one sentence that dad needs to hear. What advice would you give that dad on a sticky note? Hmm. Let's see. If I had a dad that was totally avoiding the kids, totally avoiding the marriage and was just on the brink and thought he had to be the breadwinner and the noble man to go over and do that. I would say a noble man keeps his marriage together and his family. So his business or leadership thrives. It will all follow suit if you do that because he's he is paper macheing right now. He doesn't know how to deal with it. He stonewalls. He, he just doesn't see the blueprint. He doesn't have enough knowledge. And until he gets it, he won't do anything. He probably does that even at work. He's probably the type of guy that goes over and it's like, I need more time. I need more time. I need more time. I need more time. When we're in the field in the frag, you don't have that time. And when you're in your marriage, the clock is ticking. Dr. Gary Chapman interviewed somebody, uh, a couple, they had him in the room and stuff like that. And this is more about the love languages. They're on the brink of divorce. They're about 35, 40 years in the marriage. And the one thing that she was missing is she wanted 20 minutes a day of face-to-face time that's it 20 minutes a day and she was on the brink of divorce because she couldn't get that quality time we only use 5.5 hours of actual productivity for eight every eight hours of work i don't care if you work in a factory which i do right now 
I don't care if you sell vacuums. I don't care if you worked in computers, network support, whatever it is. I've done 60 jobs in seven years, so I know a spectrum of it. The average is 5.5 hours of productivity for every eight hours. Is it worth it to go over and push that extra effort if you're truly not getting that productivity? But the productivity in your spouse is going to carry dividends, even if it's 20 minutes of uncomfortability connecting with your spouse face-to-face or words of affirmation or going on going on a weekly date night, those things are going to carry and have dividends. So this guy, if he really wants things to thrive, he needs to be okay to write a new blueprint. People don't understand about blueprints. They think it's permanent and solid. It's not. It's just like a schematic. You adjust accordingly. But if we lock down in that thing and we have that firewall up and everything's got to be perfect, other things are going to go over and destroy. If you had a network vulnerability in your system, you're going to patch as soon as possible. You need to patch your marriage. You really need to reboot your entire marriage and build that firewall in your marriage. Do that well. The rest will carry on long-term. I've been almost homeless four times, and we have better intimacy sexually, mentally, personally, and everything else. And now we're seeing the financial thriving of it more than I ever did when I tried to focus on the business. It just doesn't work. It'll work for a season, but eventually will blow. So that's what I'd say in one sentence is that investing in your marriage and your family is going to carry dividends in your leadership. That's what you do. You want true dividends in your leadership? Carry there. Carry Let's that. talk about a different dad. This dad mm-hmm. just returned from Afghanistan. He served nine months away. His wife has two kids and she's a stay-at-home mom. They just had one of those amazing coming home videos on the internet that everybody sees and loves and gets me crying every single time. And that emotional excitement of feeling back, the honeymoon phase ends, they've been home for a month and there's friction because they emotionally can't figure out how to meet each other. Hmm. What advice would you have for that dad? Can be more than a sticky note in this case. We won't go sticky note size for this one. Yeah. Nine months, just came back, great coming home, went viral on video and everything else. And then yet they're still having friction. They emotionally can't find each other how to connect because they're both at different distances. Yeah. I would say the first thing is you need to, you need to get away from as much stuff as process. So this is what I do. I'll just explain what I did on deployments and how I rebooted my life. And maybe the advice will come through. So what I typically do is the military puts us in too fast, too quick when we come off. So we were there four months, six months, a year, 15 months, 18 months, whatever branch you were coming back. You're still processing color. You're still processing laundry. You're still processing kids, wife, and everything else. My first advice that I typically do is I don't see anybody unless I, can, unless I have to outside my wife. So I find a good structure of, let's say, grandparents, somebody, maybe a babysitting company, something that I can just go connect with my wife. And they already started doing this well. They used to fly you into Germany or Hawaii and you integrate with your wife and your family. I always set up and said, I got kids babysat for at least the first night. And I got used to my wife. Get that date night, get that time, get that connection. You don't even know how to kiss. You forget that stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is awkward. I look like a whale eating a donkey. It just it looks wrong. And you don't even know how to do that stuff again. It's like, but after you get back on the bike, you figure it out. It's not like you totally forgot it. Yeah. And that's what I do first is that I need to connect with them intimacy-wise, connection, sexually, communication, those types of things. Then the next night, then I'm coming home to my kids. And then I'm slowly reintegrating back into there. Because we integrate too quickly, and that's where the friction comes in. The husband comes in. Or the husband comes in, comes home, because 81% of the military is male, comes home to the wife, and they start changing everything, systems, processes, those types of things. And they haven't been truly integrated in. I need to integrate mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, socially back with my wife, get back into that type of mess. And that's a good mess to get into. So then I can reboot well. And I need to be an observer as a dad. If I start going over and shooting my mouth and saying, this needs to change and this needs to change, this needs to change, this systems, or I relationally rush in real quick and I try to go over and say like, super dad, it just doesn't work. Or if I become action dad and I just go over and I just say like, let's go do a bunch of things. Let's go do all these types of things. Or I recluse back and I'm not connecting with my kids or my spouse. That's when the friction comes up. Like, hey, you're always gaming, you're always 
acting on. So it needs to be a slower integration process. We're even trying to work that with the transformation process going out. That six months prior, you go into a transitory year, and I'm working with some companies to do that, to get they give us six months prior to have that transformation process. We need to have a continual transformation process because we get integrated when we deploy. You at least get three days average to say, hey, you see dirt, you see sand, I see frag, I'm seeing it. It's like that you have your battle buddy with you for so many days and then your team leaves and then they fly out and then you handle it on your own. We need to do the same thing when we get home. I need to reintegrate and build myself a plan to say, get with my wife, connect to my wife, get back into the mess, learn how I can go love her in that and allow her to make those decisions where I go and integrate. So I do that with my wife first and then I do that with my kids. And then if possible, then do that with my leadership. It's not always perfect. You know, they'll try to go over and say like, hey, you need to go this briefing and everything else. That needs to change. We just need to become home those first couple of weeks. If you can work it out, Air Force gives more freedom in that than the rest of the branches. Of course but if, you can work, if you can work it in your commitment, well, we have golf courses. Come on. <laughs> Lots of people have golf courses, but the Air Force generally is just overly golf courses. Uh, you guys have golf courses, but they're not golf courses. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. If you can go over and build yourself an op order for when you come back, that's going to bring the less of the friction. If you get a chance, the Billy Graham Evangelist Association goes over and gives two free marriage conferences to every active guard and reserve person every single year. Take advantage of it. Thecove.org. Go to the website. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. Not right now. The kids are trying to visit the living room. It's funny. <laughs> that's probably how dare they? No, I'm just going to, she's more of my conscious one. She's probably seeing it's exactly a certain time. And I'm like, no, we're going to go as soon as possible. Yep. It's right at eight 30. We'll adjust. She's my little more blueprint knowledge girl, but we'll, we'll, she'll adjust. So yeah. So it's just, we need to do that slowly. We need to do that more succinctly. We need to be more methodical. We need to be more intentional, but we had to do it on the beginning. end. that's where the friction came in the first place. We rushed into deployment. We didn't do an op order with our family. We just tell them like, this is happening, this is happening, this happened. I'm even doing that right now with the PCS. Every day, small little bits of the kids going and doing. Going over and saying, hey, we're moving to Dover. We, there's no hot, there's nothing there. It's just Amish people. You need to build yourself hobbies. You need to build yourself habits. If we don't do that with our families in the beginning, we just have the friction and tension cover. We mask it by deployment. Then we come home and then about a month comes in the same thing like two years in marriage. If you didn't go over and actually learn to woo your wife and know your spouse, you're going to have that friction two years in. But it expedites in the military because we just try to do it faster and we pull this action card. Faster, cheaper, better. Faster, cheaper, better. And that doesn't go work. How many contracts have gone over and failed in many different modalities? We were just talking about military uniforms before we hit record here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, we need to do that a little bit more. We just need to visit all of it. What do I need to bring? What structures I need? What freedom do I need to bring at home as I'm coming home? How do I serve as a husband? How do I serve as a father? What nurturing characteristics do I need to go bring that's going to go show love on them well? What information am I going to go bring to the table that's going to make them feel more at ease and more comfortable? And that's something that has to be individual and planned out. And that's going to help that soldier bring that friction down. And And the biggest thing, Get that doctor degree in your spouse. Learn about them. Learn about their learn about their sexual personality style. Learn about their communication style. What's their love language? What's their strengths? How did what 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 are the observations they do? What what facial expressions they express? Stop using you are statements. That's a huge destroyer in marriage. Just shut your mouth for the first couple months and observe and serve. Just like we're we asking do when we're why. That's another uh, bad leading word. Every time you're asking why, you already have an assumption in your mind and you're already <clears> judging. Yeah, yeah. But you but if you ask more of like I think or feel this instead of you are this, it's gonna come off a lot better. So the best way is like if I, let's say my wife is pissing me off because I just got home and she's not picking up the stuff. I feel frustrated and stressed when things are not picked up. Is there a way I can assist or help or is there a barrier in this happening? Better than saying you're a slob, I'm gonna pick up the stuff. Just deal with it. And I used to do that. I'd be like, you are, you are, you are, you are. Or why can't this just all be done when I get home? Yeah, yeah. Why can't this be done while I get home? You're home eight hours, 10 hours a day. But I became a a stay-at-home dad for several months. The script got rewritten when I got out of active duty. And that showed me, I'm like, it is hard because you're double grinding. You're you're putting on so many different hats. You're like, okay. It's a decision making. It's exhausting. 
Yeah, exactly. So at the end of the day, that all the things that you have, you just you get to the point, and the kids come in, and then the food and the dinner and everything else, and you're like, you're mentally spent because the average male speaks fifty thousand words, the average female speaks a hundred thousand words, and when you have kids, they throw one hundred fifty thousand words at you, and you're just spent. It doesn't matter if you're dad or mom. And I had to learn. I'm like, I even had to reboot in that sense. Like, what is actual a, a tangible standard that my kids go meet? What's a tangible standard that my spouse can meet? What is a value versus a preference? Sitting back and coming back from deployment and just observing and being is going to be the most important thing. And if you're struggling with PTSD, anxiety, depression, those types of things, and if you have the revenue coming back or you have the freedom, go to the cove.org and go on their marriage retreats, maybe go over and get one of those sponsored trips from another veteran site. Or if you have the revenue, don't waste it on a truck. Just get out and go somewhere that's going to relax you. If you're a woods guy and you need to go fishing, just reboot your family. Most schools, 18 days you can miss a school, not get penalized, 10%. If you're coming back from an deployment, the school is going to understand. You might need to take that first week and just reboot in a place that's not your home. Mm-hmm. Figure out how your wife and your kids are working. Build that op order to go over and say, how am I going to go perform for this next season in life? Because things change so drastically and you only got bits and pieces dropped. That's it. And now you're coming in fully immersed. Wait a minute, you cut your hair? You're nine months pregnant. I don't even know what you look like. I, I'm still kissing like a donkey. I got to figure that out again. I mean, there's so many little nuances and those types of things. And we just rush into it. We rush into it. We rush into it. We rush into it. Our marriage, we want it to be a legacy. I know that's a weird concept, everybody, but legacy is going to go carry. And the hardest part is if you're an active soldier right now and you're listening, 30 days from when you leave, and I'm not trying to be mean you will be forgotten. All the stuff is going to go away. Those people are not going to be here to support. And the veterans that are doing these organizations like myself and Ben and everybody else, we're here for you, but those agencies are not going to be there. No company typically is going to go and go over and support you. So you need to set up your legacy. And if you're needing legacy help either in the marriage or with being a a vet dad and coming home, connect with us so we can help you to build that op order contiguously all the way through and through. Because if you don't, your legacy is going to be the brokenness of what everybody assumes what a vet is. PTSD, broken, divorced, barely surviving, bootleg version of an entrepreneur, and it's just not worth it. I like that. Um, Throughout the episodes, you've talked about cards and throwing out some keywords. Let's spend the next 10 minutes diving in what are the cards and what do they do and how do they perform the magic tricks that you seem to be able to do with marriages? Yeah. So long story short. Um, so the first book I told you about positive personality profiles, that was on the disc model of human behavior. And it's a good start to go over and understand getting your doctorate degree and your spouse. But the next level I up with my veterans, and this actually saved me more money in my business, was actually bankifying your marriage. And when I mean bank, it's B-A-N-K, and I'll go over it briefly. And if you guys want more details, we'll send you links or you can get back to me to purchase the cards. But the first one is a blueprint card. This blueprint card, quick snapshot, is about this person's more about stability and structures and processing, predictability, rules and credentials. This type of person goes over and and thrives in that type of structure. My wife and my son are that particular way. You know, I already busted a structure because I said something to my kids at 8.30, now it's past 8.30. So we're adapting and adjusting. But in the long story short, uh, this type of person really wants you to stick to the rules, stick to the system. Nothing is usually not broken. It's usually They want everything fixed. That's the one type of style person. The next style person is a little more flexible. And any of these styles are not good. They're not bad. They're just different. This one's the action card. Right here on the action card, they're more, they like more freedom. They have more flexibility. They're spontaneity. They like excitement. They love winning. They love to uh, project their image. They love to have competition. This type of person is more the gung-ho NCO or gung-ho dad, but they like to have more of an autonomy of themselves. The blueprint dad is going to set up structures straight from the get-go. The next one is more the nurturing dad. The nurturing dad is all about relationships. It's all about authenticity. It's all about personal growth and harmony and morality. They like their house to work very slow. They go over and connect. They like hugs and snuggles. They're, they're, more, they're more intimate. They're more relational. They're like the dude that you think is kind of sappy. Me. <laughs> and then Myself the last included. Dad, yeah. And then the last dad's more of a knowledge 
knowledge dad. The knowledge dad wants more about learning, intelligence, self-mastery. They are always about learning and discussing. They don't usually try to get into conversations unless it's something that's really in depth. They look at the big picture. They look at accuracy. We all are a build of all this. So when you're bankifying your marriage and bankifying your kids and bankifying your leadership, if you don't understand what style you are, this is the deep values that everybody has. So the magic trick is this, is like, hey, would you like to do a magic trick? And I'd say, sure. I'm like, these values cards are really cool. And I'm going to tell you who you are. So you go over and you say, look at these four sets of cards. They look at them and then they sort them in order so I can get to know them a little better and save some time. So I'm connecting with my spouse and I want to go over and know my spouse. I let her do the magic trick and this is her code. So now I can go over and adjust and say, hey, you know, and she's adjusted over the years too as we've grown. She's like, she's allowed me to flex a little bit. But initially it was all about like, hey, it's five o'clock. What's going on? What, what, what happened? The next one. And then, then after I give her the structure, then she's going to be more relational and go over to me. Then she wants to then be freedom and spontaneity. And last that she needs to know the big picture and the information. When I go over and do that, and I know the cards of myself and others, then I can go over and adjust. I'm not asking you to go over and change. When you bankify your marriage, you bankify your, your, your relationship with your kids, you bankify your leadership, you're adjusting and pivoting. When we pivot, it's 15 degrees. You're not doing an about face. An about face changes your life. We're not doing an about face. We're just pivoting you just a little bit to say, visit here for a moment so you can love on for a long time. And mm -hmm. that's what the system is about. And it's really revolutionized. So I was able to reduce down my costs. I can go help out more veterans out. They have something practical and tangible in their hands that they can carry on a deployment with their spouse in the pocket. Like you literally asked me like uh, uh, right before the podcast and I'm like, bam, I have it in my pocket. It's like, it's, and we have digital version of that too. You can go over and connect with us there. And we also have classes and online stuff that you can learn more in depth about it. But it helps you understand how to connect relationally, especially even when coming back, it's like, why is my boss on deployment awesome and the one I come home is a prick? They're probably most likely not being a prick, they're being the opposite style of you. Why is my wife going over and let's say being so naggy or being so loosey-goosey or so impulsive? Whatever it is, we are, we're usually opposite. So we describe the negative words to it. The positive words is like, she's not being naggy, she's going over and wanting to know the systems. If I, if I give her the systems, I'm like, hey, I plan to be home at five. If something happens wrong, I'll text you at five to go over what happens. If I don't text you right away, you can't get me in two phone calls. It's military obligation. I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Once I did that, that changed. And now I do it so much as I have it. My wife trusts me. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with the kids and the same thing with there. It's like if I go over and I visit and I continually pivot, it's showing them that love. So then I bankify my marriage, I bankify my leadership, I bankify my kids, and then that everybody starts thriving in that regard. So that's what the system is about. And it really revolutionizes when you have tangible words to what you deeply believe in front of you. And that's what those cards do. Because the disc talks about observable behavior. It was a start for me. That was like getting my GED and my spouse. Bank is now getting me to bachelor's level. And then going over and now as I'm studying other things, I'm going to get to my doctor degree level. I'm always pursuing the doctor degree. It's always a continual learning process, but it helped me immensely to connect with people and then serve more people at the same time. And I think as, as dads that maybe haven't started a self growth journey, there's so much power when you see a word and it just pierces everything who you, every barrier you have, it pierces and it hits to the core, but you never knew that word existed or even that it was one of those words that would pierce. Those words are powerful when they hit. And that's what I remember when I, you did the bank card trick on me, that there's words on there that are just regular words. But when you read them and see them, they can transform you because you've never seen them applied in the context in the way that you're looking through it. And that can be, mean everything when you're trying to solve some of these problems. Yeah. And it helps you find out what struggles you have in marriage, what intimacy problems you have in, you know, why is it I connect sexually sometimes with my spouse and other times I don't, or why we are totally opposite. Why am I more free in the bedroom or less free in the bedroom in that particular regard? You know, for that particular regard, for me, I like to wow my spouse. That's my natural nature. I don't care where I get. I don't need to have Dior. I don't need to have desire, excitement, orgasm, release. She has that. I'm ecstatic. 
you know, it, and, and that can weird people out and be like, wait a minute, you're not all about the grind. More of the action spouses are more about the wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. And that's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just different, but it you have to is. look at what you have to look at what spouse you're with. If I'm with more of a, more of a blueprint spouse, then I need to be more systems and structures and processes in the bedroom compared to if I am the action spouse and I'm like, Hey, it's all about me. And sex is a frustration point, And that's how I get my relief. That's great. But if you're not serving the other, you're going to start pushing that distance and yep. then separate. <clears throat> yep. So Daniel, if people want to dive into more, where is the best spot to dive into more about leaving no marriage left behind? Yeah. Um, leave no marriage behind is a great book to go over and start. That's on Amazon worldwide distribution. They can start there. Uh, we do a 20 minute free consultation with, um, all military veterans and first responders. First 20 minutes is free. Get with us on Facebook, find me on uh, Daniel Faust on Facebook or, uh, learn and live on Facebook. Um, they can also go to militarymarriagecounselingaz.com. It has a brief synopsis on what we go over and do. We're still uh, working on final tweaks. And then we have a Patreon, which is fantastic. So I know military veterans and first responders average between 25 and 85,000 in service. And then out of service, it could be less or could be more. So I wanted to price things appropriately. So there's five levels of the Patreon. We have Marriage Superhero. You get asynchronous podcasts. Facebook lives or blogs every month on details and content. And that's $5 a month. Uh, family superhero, $10 a month. You get marriage and family leadership, 25. You get marriage leadership and family, and you might get some uh, yearly services from us. It's listed on the whole thing. If you really want to get in depth and connect with me or one of my other consultants, as we go over and grow, uh, we have the superhero tactics and we have the superhero sanctum. That's actually getting one-on-one time with one of our consultants, and that ranges between $50 to $100 a month. But if you need more than just that particular um, service, then you can get one-on-one time with us, and that's rated based on after a 20-minute free conversation. We're going to see if you need a program, a service. It might not even be us. Our goal is to get you to thrive from the bedroom to the boardroom. I might not be the best person for you. If you have stuff in the past and you have mental health issues and whatnot, I'm going to partner with somebody or find somebody for you in that particular regard. I might recommend you a chaplain. I might go recommend you a different resource. Or we partner together and we do the here and now and help you communication intimacy-wise. And then we partner with there. If you're struggling in business or leadership or finding work, it might be the best for me to connect you with a job resource and whatnot. So that's what we go over and do. We don't just go over and offer the services. Then we find the best of the best people. We might say, hey, Ben's the best resource for being a vet dad. I might go over and say, hey, you're looking for a job. I, I'm connected with pre-hired. And if you're looking for software sales, I'm going to connect you there. So connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, or go over and find military marriage uh, counseling, az.com, whatever way you want to do. And our phone number is on our website. Even if you text me on the phone, I'll go answer. Up to 20 minutes is free. Text basically would be like, if I'm texting you for 20 minutes. That's when I'm going to say that's the 20 minute free. And we go from there and then we'll fit you in the right place. If we're a good fit for together, if not, then I'm going to find you the best fit. That's all good, Daniel. And I really appreciate this conversation because we did dive way into the weeds on this topic that hasn't been touched nearly enough as much as it is impactful for bringing military dads home to their kids. And that is the marriage. So Daniel, I want to thank you because I am positive. We brought a few dads home to their kids and Mm -hmm. also a few dads home to their marriage. And hopefully maybe wake, woke up a few dads that maybe were on autopilot not realizing what they were leaving on the table in their marriage as well. Yeah, and that'd be great. And dads, just don't go over and wait because moments can change everything. Event plus response equals outcome. What response are you going to take? Take a responsive action listening to this. If you listen to this today or 20 years from now in an archive, make the response today, even if it's small, because one small step is going to change everything. So start making steps. Yep. And that single step, as we've been talking about a lot, those single steps is where you can do um, some great things. I heard a great analogy that you probably would like that um, brushing your teeth daily does absolutely nothing individually, but brushing your teeth daily over time means everything. And it's a lot of similar things like texting your wife daily actually means nothing, but texting your wife daily over time can mean everything. those Those few things in daily can expedite it over time, can completely transform something. Yep. Cumulative is key. You can't just go shoot on an impulse. We can do both. 
shoot yeah. fast, shoot long. Well, Daniel, thank you for your time tonight. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting this episode out. All right. Thank you much. Have a good day. That's a wrap. And thank you for listening to today's show. And I really hope you enjoyed it. The lifeblood of any new podcast are the reviews. If you haven't reviewed the podcast yet on iTunes, I would really appreciate it. And you will help us get the message out to even more military veteran dads. As John Maxwell says, if there is hope in the future, there is power in the present. Dads, it's time to come home.